there, precious kinklings. We're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. Jen. And Eden. And in case you didn't realize it, you are actually listening to our podcast, K is for Kinky. <laughs> I hope they know. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. Today, we're going to be talking about a listener-submitted question, which has to do with the following topics. Exhibitionism. There we go. <laughs> jealousy and possessive behavior. Hello, and welcome to the K is for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Oh my goodness. I am very excited. We've been talking about this for a couple episodes now, but we do have new microphones and we hope that they sound Thanks to our patrons. I want to point that out. Thanks to our patrons, we have new microphones. Otherwise, it would definitely not be possible (laughs) to have these mics. Um, But we really hope that it uh, sounds better on your end. We can definitely see a difference on our end. We just really, really, really want to thank the patrons out there for your help with this. We're really excited because we had um, somebody submit a couple of questions over an email. So this is what the email reads. Anonymous person asks, how can I explain to my husband what exhibitionist kink means to me? I'd say we're a little too jealous, but it's never a problem since our standards are the same. I've agreed to discussing threesomes with a close friend of my discretion, but he always gets a little insecure when I mention my top result, 100% exhibitionist, because of all the different expressions of exhibitionism. Usually the first examples you hear about are outside of our bounds. Side note, his voyeur scored 94%. Now, when I say exhibition, what I mean is, I think it's insanely hot to fuck outside or in random places. I'm always naked at home or at friends' places. I love making videos with or for my husband, sending him nudes when he's out with a friend, and it drives me wild if he objectifies and owns me during sex. So I don't want another man. I don't want another man to watch us fuck. But I do think I'd love it if he objectified me more in front of friends or posted thirst trappish pictures of me on his private friend's stories or talked dirty about how I make men jealous of him and no one else but he can have me. I want to be lusted after. I think that's the part that scares him. But how can I explain that it's because it adds to how hot his domination of me is? When I get hit on, it doesn't flatter me that someone complimented me. I get flattered telling my husband because of how territorial and dominant he gets. I'd love any examples, ideas, advice, or expertise. Thank you so much for submitting this question. We're going to break it down into a couple of components, um, which we'll go into right now. So this is a couple, husband and wife, who are new to, to kink. And so they're just starting to sort of have discussions around it, explore it, figure out what things mean to them in terms of what they're into, where their kinks may uh, match up between them and things like that. And so this question has to do with the wife being an exhibitionist and what that means to her, uh, which may be different from others, right? We, we talk about this a lot, how you could have more than one person into the same kink, but that kink is expressed in different ways, right? And so she's trying to figure out how to kind of explain to her husband what exhibitionism means for her part of me wonders if she should just send him this email 
because she's explaining it to us. She did a great job explaining um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she did a really good job, although perhaps he's coming back with more questions that she's having trouble answering. I don't know. We're not we're not in their home because um, that'd be creepy. You know, a lot of times people will think about exhibitionism as far as like having sex in front of other people or exposing your your self you know body parts to other people possibly to strangers um going to swinger clubs that kind of stuff right it's a lot of times that's kind of how it's interpreted and it that's not exactly where this listener is coming from having sex with her husband outdoors is exciting she's very clear about it not being something that she wants to be, you know, have sex with other men, nor have other men or other people necessarily watch her have sex with her husband. So it's not necessarily about that. Uh, being able to send spicy videos or pictures again to her husband, especially if she knows that he's amongst friends. She doesn't so much care about getting hit on. What she enjoys is coming home and talking to her husband about the fact that she was hit on and him because of his reaction being he gets territorial and dominant. I assume that means that he kind of gets possessive and wants to, I'm going to make this, say this crudely, but mark his territory. Um, I'm not talking about water sports or anything like, I mean, I don't know, but I have to kind of extrapolate some. So she's looking for ways to explain to him where this is coming from, ideas, advice, etc. Exhibitionism is a very common kink. Um, and even if it's not your kink, if you play in dungeon spaces, which many active members of the BDSM community do, you're engaging in exhibitionism. Even Whether if, it turns you on or not is a different story. Yes. Um, in the same, on the same token, you're engaging in voyeurism when you go into a dungeon, you know. So I feel like talking about what is exhibitionism is the least, huh, it's the most shallow aspect of approaching this question. I think the way that she defines exhibitionism for herself is valid. And I think she's very clear. She's able to give specifics about what she wants to do. She's not just, which she may or may not realize, she's not only talking about exhibitionism. She is also talking about objectification and possibly some humiliation. Yeah, which we thought was really interesting because those things, exhibitionism doesn't have to be a part, uh, a part of that. Right. Or rather those things, humiliation and objectification don't have to be a part of exhibitionism. Yeah. As some, I'll, I'll speak from a personal point for a second here. I myself have discovered that I really do enjoy a certain amount of at least embarrassment, if not a little bit of humiliation. And I definitely enjoy sexual degradation from partners that I trust, right? Like that's something that I will, I mean, this partner here. This well, lady. I'm the only one right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. So I would assume it would translate to other future potential partners. But while I may or may not want to experience that in a public setting, I totally get why somebody would be into this and would also be struggling to communicate to their partner why they like this. Because some people don't get why this is hot. They really don't. I also just really want to give kudos. I, I hope obviously that the listener that submitted this question is listening <laughs> to this episode. Um, and I just want to give you kudos for how much it sounds like you and your husband are talking about these things and the fact that you're having clarifying conversations because a lot of people might just be like, oh, you're a this, you're a that. And they don't take the next step of actually 
defining those things for them. Yeah. My first piece of advice with this section, because I want to I want to talk about the possessive behavior and the jealousy aspect in a second, because that was something that was brought up that I think is separate from the kinks to a degree. But for humiliation and, and um, objectification, I would explore the breadth of what these things can en- encompass. Like I would start looking up what types of objectification there are beyond just what was described in the email because there may be some really satisfying forms of objectification that the partner who's not sure what it is and not sure if he's into it like maybe there are things where you guys can meet in the middle like maybe he's down for certain things that you're not thinking of yet it does sound like sexual objectification is the goal but like sharing pictures is a kind of a form of objectification and ownership so if he's not comfortable with that there's probably other options weirdly enough probably because we just did a great interview with veronica kestrel on doll play you should totally check it out um but doll play is one of the first things that comes to mind because dollification and bimbofication are things that could really match well with this person i don't know for sure but it seems like kinks that could be overlapping. And those things can be done in public, but they could also be done in private and still be satisfying. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure if she would, from what I'm reading, I don't know. It's It, it feels like she's more interested in kind of, I'll just say showing off herself as herself and not necessarily in a dehumanizing kind of way and that would be a question and I don't ask. know but yeah I mean that's yeah. definitely something to explore oh yeah I would question like is this I want to be seen as a sexy person or as a sexy object that's like the first thing mm-hmm. that I would ask but also ask is part of the reason this is hot because you feel owned by somebody or is it just because you think that you're attractive and you'd like other people to confirm that like mm-hmm. those are some questions I'd, I'd advise this person to ask themselves and to talk with their partner about. With the humiliation piece, the reason we say, was it humiliation that we brought up? Mm-hmm. Why is there humiliation piece added in for that? It drives me wild if he objectifies and owns me during sex. I do think I'd love if he objectified me more in front of his friends or posted mm-hmm. pictures of me on uh, on his private friends' accounts. Yeah. So I love I love this description of exhibitionism because it does, it is exhibitionism because you are involving other people. The first thing that pops to mind for me with this is one, it could be humiliation play because doing this in front of others um, might be embarrassing and that might be why it's arousing. So again, I would ask yourself, is this a humiliation factor? But also keep in mind that the people, these friends that you're mentioning, unless they give verbal consent to experience or see this, might be a little concerned or disturbed by it. If they think that it's not consensual or they suspect it's abusive. Yeah, I mean, I would I would first talk to your husband and find out what is he comfortable with. Obviously, that's going to be the first step. Um, we never want to non-consensually include people in our play, which this is included in. Um, but like things like sharing pictures, he I don't I'm not I can't assume what his reaction would be. But let's just say that he's not comfortable posting pictures to his private friends or his friends private accounts because technically once he's posted them he no longer has control over them right somebody else could get their phone like there's all kinds of just nightmarish situations that could happen however maybe he'd be comfortable with if he's out with his friends and you send him pictures not necessarily sharing them electronically but in person saying you know hey my wife just sent me a sexy photo and she wants me to show you guys who wants to see it right and showing it from his phone so that he's not actually giving the picture to anyone like that might be a compromise that 
he feels more comfortable with because maybe he doesn't want his friends to permanently have a picture of his wife to enjoy for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, I mean, that could be a turn on for you. Maybe it's not so much for him. Like he may need some boundaries around this that help him feel safe with it as well. Yeah. And I think that practical piece of who has this picture, what would they use it for? Those are things that you really want to keep in mind because it's really fun to, to pursue our kinks and our fantasies, but it's really important to think of the real world surrounding them. Um, and again, I want to emphasize my advice would be to make sure that everybody involved, including these spectators, are consenting to see things. Yeah. Um, and again, that it's very clear this is consensual. Like Michelle's phrasing of my wife wants me to show you, would you like yeah. to see, clearly indicates that you're not being taken advantage of because you're husband if he doesn't frame it that way could be seen as a total tool right right so we don't want that to happen right i think the last piece of this that i i thought was the most interesting is the section about i like when my husband is jealous because he gets possessive and dominant with me and i loved the honesty of this and i think it's something that a lot of people experience and i want to kind of speak to it from two sides of the coin the side of it that i think is potentially healthy and then also the side of the coin where this can be actually really toxic from the healthy standpoint I will out myself right now as somebody who really enjoys uh, consensual possessive behavior it makes me feel safe it makes me feel wanted it arouses me like my dominant is not a jealous person and actually generally speaking does not act super possessive but it's a big turn on when she gets protective over me which happens very rarely because there's not a lot of need but when she shows signs of being protective, I'm like, oof, that's hot. And I feel so like owned and I feel so loved. Like for me, it's a kink and I totally get this. However, I know that my dominant would not actually be jealous or possessive in a way that was unhealthy. And if she did feel feelings that were like jealousy that weren't super aces in a polyam context, like – she would process those. We talk through them. We work through them. She would not abuse her power um, or basically like enact emotional harm or like treat somebody badly as a result of jealousy. Yeah. I think to take it back to your example, oh, lovely listener, um, I think the difference might look like in, in your shoes of you go out with your friends and some guy hits on you and you go home and you tell your husband and it causes some jealousy in him, but he uses the outlet of, all right, I'm going to make sure you know that you're mine and we're going to, I'm going to throw you down on the bed and we're going to do the thing and right, dot, 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 turn on, fun, nobody gets hurt, cool. And from what I'm reading, obviously it's something that's a turn on. I'm not reading anything that is at least standing out as abusive or, or toxic in this. But if he were to take it to a next step of, I don't want you going out with your friends anymore <laughs> because you get hit on or things like that, where it's no longer taking something and turning it into something that's really turns into hot, steamy sex, but actually turns into something that looks like isolation. Well, and, yeah. and this, I'm not reading this from your email. It's literally just me taking a step beyond in case there's somebody else also listening to this who has a similar situation where their partner is taking it beyond where it's healthy. When I put myself into the position of the husband in this case, like if I had a partner who really liked that I got possessive and jealous, which I could 
both healthily and unhealthily access those traits, right? But if I didn't know that was a turn on for them and they were just doing it to manipulate or extort a reaction out of me, it would really upset me. And I think also for me, if I felt threatened by some, something, there would also be an emotional component of like, not knowing if the per- if my partner was toying with me or if I could trust them. Like it could decrease trust if this was something that was happening non-consensually and that wasn't communicated up front. However, if my partner approached me and said, hey, I'm really into possessive behavior and I really like it when you're possessive, I would feel a lot better about it. And I mm-hmm. would understand like I would also probably want to put a boundaries around like, hey, like I don't mind when you tell me people think you're hot or they hit on you. But I need to know that you don't directly engage with them in a way that like encourages it beyond a certain point. Like I need you yeah. to know where the boundaries are. Like that would be the, co- the conversation that I want to have with that person or with that partner. And that's what I would advise. And that's why I love this question because I assume the best of intention and the best of execution with this email, with this person who submitted this, this you know, um, question. I think the right thing to do is to talk transparently with your partner about this and to be like, this is what I mean. This is what I want. Here are things that I enjoy that we do. Can we keep doing them? And can we talk about boundaries? Can we set up structures so that this is consensual and that it goes smoothly? And I think it's also important to keep in mind that you can take it step by step. So, for example, you can start off and say, you know, here's here's some various ways that I really get my exhibitionism kink met. I would like to try this one. Let's say it's the sharing the picture with you while you're with your friends and you asking if somebody wants to see it. So try it once. The next time he goes out with his friends, send a picture with the understanding that that's going to happen. When he gets home, talk about it. Talk about it from both sides, right? You might be really excited to talk about it because hearing about how it went, especially if, you know, at least one of the friends was like, yeah, and maybe gave compliments or was like, damn, dude, then that might be really exciting. And you need to also talk about with him, how was that for you, right? It may be that he tries it out and gets really, really uncomfortable. He may not be comfortable sharing that amount of intimacy of his partner with his friends and it comes back to consent both parties have to be okay and comfortable with what's happening and so I would make sure to basically try something out maybe whatever seems least difficult uh, or least uncomfortable for both for at least for him and and talk about it afterwards and go from there you may find that certain categories of these things are perhaps not comfortable for him for now right things can always change too and you can keep the conversation going and talk about it right it's part of what we talk about in the kink scene when we set up play with somebody and we we go and we negotiate before the scene we have the scene but just as important is the debrief that you have after the scene right to talk about like how did it go what what did we enjoy what did we not enjoy what do we need to change whatever And I think that's important here as well as you start to explore the different ways that this might work. Something that I find um, in my relationship with my dominant, so, you know, this lady over here. Yo. A big part of what we're working on right now is finding balance and finding places to meet in the middle. Because 
spoiler alert, we don't have every single thing that we're interested in overlapping. And there are also, of course, some things that we can't meet in each other. When it comes to figuring out the exact blend of exhibitionist behavior, of potential humiliation, depending on how you feel with some of these things and on objectification, etc., it's going to be a matter of finding out how much he can comfortably give and what your bare minimum is to have your needs met and you know also what your wants might be and how many of those you can have met as well right that's like the biggest piece of advice that I'd give is finding that blend I also want to bring in something that pulls in another kink (laughs) but you could utilize as well which is role play so (laughs) I want to bring this up because I was thinking about the scenario of, oh, I went out with my friends and got hit on and then you go home and you tell them about it, right? A couple of different ways my brain went uh, in this scenario. One way was talking to him, talking to your husband ahead of time about this so that it's not, so that it's all, again, consensual, that the next time you go out with your friends, even if nobody hits on you, that you're going to come home and tell him that somebody hit on you. Again, you got to talk about this ahead of time, everything consensual, but that is a way to kind of role play without it actually happening. Now, you can take this to more of an extreme. I had a whole visual in my head (laughs) around, and this may not, I don't know, this might be advanced role play (laughs) for where you're at right now, or maybe not. I have no idea. But, um, you know, going to a bar together. And you sitting at the bar and him sitting at a table across the way and like waiting for somebody to hit on you. And as soon as he sees somebody come over and start to talk to you, like go over and be like, you know, hey, buddy, she's mine. And like you walk out of the bar and you go home and you do whatever you're going to do. I mean, it still involves a non-consensual person. Well, but it's not really involving them too much. Like it's really just if somebody starts to talk to her and then the guy comes up and it's and the husband comes up and is like, you know. Hey, we, we got to go. My generalized anxiety brain goes like, <laughs> oh, so this is going to happen. And then there's going to be an actual fist fight. And like, no, don't take happen. it that far. <laughs> well, like, maybe he doesn't mean to. He's like, hey, buddy, she's mine. And then he's like, no, she isn't. And then all of a well, sudden the guy that I mean, didn't vet. That you don't even have to talk to the other, the stranger, right? You don't even have to talk to the stranger. Like the stranger comes up and says, hey, baby, what's your sign? Hey, baby. Please don't say that. First of all, whoever the random dude is. But what's your if- sign? <laughs> If he comes, he just says, you know, hey, how's it going? Uh, Whatever it is, you see them start to just talk. The husband could always just go up to the wife and say, you know, hey, babe, it's time to go. Like, that's all it has to be. It doesn't even have to talk to the stranger. Right. And then she just gets up and goes. But he can use that interaction and what it, quote unquote, could have been. Right. To then translate that into a certain kind of energy in the bedroom when they get home. I don't know. Just throwing out some ideas there as ways to also incorporate some of these things depending on how comfortable your husband is with various scenarios. Definitely, I would say, pull the pieces apart, right? Like with the sharing pictures with friends, he might be comfortable getting a picture when he's with friends, but he's not comfortable sharing that picture with friends. Pull that apart. What about that is difficult for him Would it be something that he could, that he feels good enough saying, oh my God, my wife just sent me a really hot picture, you guys, but not showing them. Is that enough? Like them knowing that he just received a really hot picture of you? Does, is that a turn on? Like pull it apart a little bit, tease it out, figure out different levels of these things that would be 
good for you, comfortable for him, etc. Yeah, and you know, if, if if nothing else, as you're starting to explore this and figuring out like the boundaries you need to put up and the rules surrounding how y'all explore the exhibitionist stuff, consider coming to a dungeon. Figure out what that feels like, just to do something a little more generic in a space that's it's kind of expected to have sexual behavior. Because at that point, it's a more, I feel like, friendly space to explore as opposed to doing the slightly more risky version of going into the vanilla world and, uh, you know, experimenting with some of these things. I don't I don't know where the listener lives. I don't know if they have a local dungeon mm. um, yeah. or how many kink spaces they have access to. But certainly if you have access to them, I think it's a, a great way to start exploring with with your husband going together and just talking to people like you don't don't go the first time with an idea of doing anything. <laughs> just go and talk to people, meet people, see what it's all about. But yeah, go and and if you're able, if you have a local kink community and you're able to go and, and interact with it at all. We always like to encourage that just to meet other people and, and to start to explore and learn more through through new friends. Thank you so much for asking this question. Thank you for reaching out. We do want to open the floor, so to speak, to all of you listeners. Um, if you have a question or you have something that you want, want us to address, a topic, etc., send us an email. We really do read our emails. We really are interested in what y'all want to hear. Um, I think one of the, my favorite pieces about sorry one of my favorite parts about answering this particular question is that this individual is seeking an ethical and safe way to pursue their kinks and I love that because there's really no reason why you can't explore exhibitionism degradation or humiliation objectification um cuckoldry even or honestly possession and jealousy like possessiveness because What's funny is that in the polyam community, we talk about jealousy all the time. And usually we talk about it, about it as an undesirable thing that pops up. Rarely do we talk about the fact that jealousy for many people is a sign of love and devotion and protectiveness. It's unhealthy to extort that emotion from your partner, to manipulate that situation, to get that emotion. But there is an ethical way to play with that feeling. There is an ethical way to get your wants and needs met. It just requires communication. So I love that that was brought up by this person. And I really want to um, endorse people exploring the edgier parts of our emotions and our, and our mental play. Because that to me is what this is. Saying I want to deliberately provoke possessive behavior and jealousy from my partner because it turns me on. Like that is deep, man. Like that's what kink is about in my head as long as it's done consensually and safely is is sharing these deeper emotions, these darker twisted pieces and doing so in a way that lets you grow and lets you have the sweetest parts of life, you know? Yeah, because it really like for your husband, he may feel those feelings of possessiveness and, and, you know, jealousy and not like that feeling, right? He It might be something that feels icky to him or... It may be something that because it fuels this maybe primal energy that the end result is worth it because of what it creates, knowing that no actual harm has been done. Well, knowing there's a safety valve of, oh, we're playing with these emotions. She doesn't really want me to be toxic or to be controlling in this way, like beyond sex. She's doing this and we're doing this together because it makes great sex. Like, because it deepens our connection, like that changes the vibe and could allow, you know, somebody to access things in themselves that they normally don't let themselves explore. 
you know, so I'm really excited to hear if there's ever a return email on how these things go. I'd love to hear if this was effective for the person who submitted the question. I'd also like to know um, how y'all liked this as the audience. You know, I, I hope that this was applicable to you. Um, a lot of us are constantly exploring new kinks, even if we've been in the lifestyle for quite some time. I myself am sitting here going like, ooh, maybe we need to have a negotiation about some possessiveness. You want to go to a bar? Yes. <laughs> Except that's not necessarily what makes me like. You wouldn't get a something. little jealous if somebody hit on me in a bar. Well, it would probably depend on who it was. <laughs> so if it was a guy, you'd be fine. I don't know. Let's try various situations and see what you do. Maybe, Maybe if it was a pretty boy. Boy. If a woman hit on me, would it be different? How about this? An older, attractive woman who's clearly in her 40s or 50s hits on me. And I get flustered. What do you do? Well, I probably wouldn't do anything in the moment. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to make a scene or anything. Excuse me, I'm here to make a scene. <laughs> <laughs> not the kind of scene we talk about normally. <laughs> hey, bitch, get in the car. She's with me. <laughs> Look like a total ass hat. <laughs> yeah. You get a problem, take it up in my complaint department, you turn around, you smack your ass, you walk around. I have no idea how I would respond. I mean, first of all, I would hope that you wouldn't, like, actively engage in something like that if we had not discussed it. I would hope I wouldn't either. (laughs) I mean, in a moment, I might get a little Twitter-pated. I don't know. But I would work my hardest not to be flirtatious because I know sometimes sometimes I'm a little flirty and I've, I've been trying to reel that in. Well, mostly because it gives other people the wrong impression. They have the right impression. I think well, they're hot. No, but, but not necessarily. Flirting is fun and the activity is is fulfilling in and of itself. Breaking hearts, taking names. Little flirty McGee. <sighs> you know, I like to think that we get into the car and you'd be like, you know, you're mine, right? I'm going to get you up against a wall and make you make coffee for me in the mornings more than likely i'd be like what the fuck bro why do i get blamed for being hit on <laughs> no if you flirted back you were hurting define on. Flirting. hurting hurting on no hitting on define flirting <laughs> i don't know exactly rubbing your hand on their thigh i don't know i'm not gonna rub my hand on someone's thigh well what if they spilled something on it could i rub my hand on their thigh oh then? my god well like oh no you have you know hot sauce on your why would you thigh. put your hand on that? Get a napkin. I well, maybe I do it with a napkin, and then it, but you think it's my Just hand. Hand it to them. Say here. Oh hey, you spilled some hot sauce. Let me get that for you. <laughs> oh no, it's my dominant. <laughs> She's right there. This is going off the rails. Well, you're not even being possessive, so it's not even working in the fantasy. In the fantasy, you're just yelling at me. That's not a fantasy for me. That's just every, that's just every day. No, I just, just every day. Shut up. Once a week, I get a good tongue lashing. Oh my god, that sounds you so wish. hot. But I know it sounds so hot. Can you just give me a little taste of the possessive Miss Jen? So what did that guy want? To buy me a drink and to watch me drink it. Why would he want to watch you drink it? Because it turns him on. Okay, well that's not for him. <laughs> Keep she going. just lost it. Keep going. <laughs> she just got all. <laughs> Please also add on to that. Only I get to watch you drink. <laughs> Please, add- Please end. You are no longer allowed to drink in front of others. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm kind of turned on, but it's also kind of funny. So it's really hitting all. It's checking all my boxes for me. Being turned oh. on and amused. It's actually kind of our relationship. I'm turned on and amused by you a lot. Okay. Um. <laughs> on a on a separate but very related note we're gonna go home and you're gonna drink a gallon of milk in front of me <laughs> i don't know why I with eye milk. contact we don't even have gallons of milk at home. 
Yeah, I'm also mildly lactose intolerant, <laughs> so that's really going to backfire on punishment. you, literally. <laughs> Sleep in the other room. Oh, my God. That's like the opposite again. <laughs> you're taking this possessive fantasy. You're taking it the wrong direction. <laughs> really backfired in more ways than one. I said that joke. Thank you for repeating it. Well, with the lactose intolerant, it made it funny, funnier. I, I know. That's why I said the word backfire earlier. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Recently, she made a new rule, which is this is why I say it's on a similar but like not the same tangent. She made a rule because she went to slap my ass hard mm. and my phone was in my back pocket. She whacked her own knuckles, went, ah, and then she gave me a dirty look like I did something <laughs> wrong. And I looked at her and, and she was like, and she was really pissed. And I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything. And you're like. And she got new rule you are no longer allowed to hold your phone in your back pocket it must go in the front pockets or in your purse so the best part about all of this example (laughs) is that it's not outside the realm of possibility that you say no more drinking in front of others no i wouldn't do that (laughs) i love you my and even though you're bad at being possessive i really love you it's hot we'll talk later i mean if you're gonna pick one extreme or the other it's you know probably the better end i'd be down for you to get mad that someone bought me a drink well no but i'm saying to have somebody who's either super possessive or not very possessive probably not very possessive is better especially when you're poly you're making it sound like it's one or the other when there's no this i'm beautiful sa- gray I, no, area. I just said if you're gonna have one or the other but why would i even take that why would oh, I even imagine so a world where I had to pick between one or the other? So difficult. Just work with me. I love you. You're right, Miss Jen. I just gave you what you wanted. Did you not find it genuine? No, I did not. Let me try again. Of course you're right, Miss Jen. Even worse. I was trying to get Of course you are correct. And you are always right. <laughs> so hard for you. <laughs> None of this is working. You I need res- to work on your role play skills. <laughs> I respect you. And I appreciate your contributions to my life and to our relationship and to my bar drinking habits. Thank you for regulating who I can drink drinks in front of. I can always count on you. Thank you so much to our team. Tussled Lena and Sid, you're all great. You all contribute to the podcast. And in case you don't know who these people are, they are the people who help us generate our content in terms of coming up with what we might talk about, taking notes, writing our Discord, creating the Discord and the website. If you've listened to enough of our episodes, you can mix and match those accomplishments to who they belong to. Um, We also, of course, want to thank Pudding, our commie kinkling. If you want to be a commie kinkling, call me kinkling jesus um check out our patreon we would love to have you at the top tier but also at any other tier and yes there is a one dollar tier you can legit show that you love us for very little and it opens up channels on the discord yeah so we appreciate y'all thank you so much and we'll see you next time on k is for kinky bye bye precious kinklings